Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. Well, a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is indeed, I say it every day, and I mean it every day, a great joy to be here with you, as we're so blessed to share this time every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 p.m. Eastern Time from the Domestic Church Media Studios, the Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization. That's going to have a lot more meaning in a couple of months. Ah! I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited about my newest, I shouldn't say my, but our newest project that I've <laughs> been on my heart for a few years now, but now I'm starting to see those little buds come through the soil as the the uh the blossoming begins. Um but yeah, you know, actually I it was uh, 10 years ago, 10 years ago this year, I can't believe it, 10 years ago in uh, 2011 that we launched our Second major station, 89.3 FM, and I know we have so many listeners who tune in on that beautiful FM station over in Monmouth County, covers parts of Ocean, Monmouth, the Middlesex. Um, But also that same year, we dedicated this building uh, in which I sit right now uh, and have been for many years uh, as the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization. And I'm going to tell you the story of that, but first we're going to pray. So remind me, because I, I, I'm going to write it down, because if I don't write it down, I'm going to forget it. This is, uh, you know, this is where I'm going now, so I'm going to put down the Archbishop Sheen Center so I know to share the story with you. Otherwise, I'll forget. So I'm writing it down right now, put a little, a little sticky note right here on my monitor so I remember to tell you. But let's first pray. And uh, as always, my friends, it is a great joy to pray with you. And uh, wherever you're listening from, of course, one of our four stations, radio stations here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, but now, of course, we go around the world with all of our media platforms, and even that is going to expand, not that we're going to go into different planets, but a greater coverage of the world uh, in a little bit. Um, but anyway, let's. Uh, if you're listening on one of our stations or maybe tuned in on our free mobile app, I hope you have that app. It's free. Or listening on the Amazon or Google Home devices, the speaker devices, Amazon Echo or Google Home. Just say play Domestic Church Media. Streaming live uh, audio on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. And coming to you live video. You can watch the program on our YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash Domestic Church Media. And I got a little note yesterday or email or uh, voicemail from one of our listeners who was watching yesterday, listening and watching and listening on our YouTube channel. So we know you're there. Thanks be to God. Uh, and also a live video on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Domestic Church Media. And soon. Mm-hmm. 
But we come together now, my friends, in prayer, praying for all of your special intentions, whatever they are. Uh, we're praying this beautiful prayer of consecration of the family to the Holy Family of Nazareth. So we're inviting you to do that with us as well. And we are giving those prayers away, the prayer card, beautiful prayer card. If you're watching, you can see I'm holding it up to the camera right now. Beautiful prayer card, uh, courtesy of the Knights of Columbus. Let me get them out to you. It's free, no charge. We even pick up the postage. So just go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and you'll see the link there to uh, get your free copy or copies. But let's uh, now place ourselves in the presence of our Heavenly Father and unite in prayer, coming together, praying for all of your special intentions. And I ask you please to pray for a special intention of mine personally and also for the apostolate because um, it's uh, sometimes a struggle, a financial struggle. <laughs> When we look at the books, we're, you know, we look ahead, we project. And of course, those projections don't always look favorable financially, but you guys always come through for us. So we're going to pray you can do the same thing by uh, stepping out a little bit and, and supporting us or getting others to support us as well. Um, you know, and every now and then I, I get a nice little surprise check in the mail. So uh, actually, every, every check is a beautiful check. Um, sometimes someone gets a little generous and <laughs> writes a, a check that uh, kind of is exactly what we need. So anyway, let's pray for all that. The Lord knows what we need. He sustains us. We've been here long enough now to know that. And as I said, 10 years on 89.3 FM, we've been in this building, the beautiful Sheen Center for Media Evangelization since 2008. So what is that, thir 13 years? It'll be in September. Is that right? 18, 13, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> One thing I've learned in doing live radio, don't do mental math. <laughs> That's my one of my uh, hardcore rules that I break often. Don't do mental math on live radio, especially if you were a communications major in college <laughs> and you threw away your abacus a long time ago. But let's go to the Lord now, my friends, in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And this beautiful prayer of consecration of our families to the Holy Family of Nazareth. O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace as you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer. We entrust our families to you. O Blessed Mary, you are the mother of our Savior. At Nazareth, you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home. We entrust our family to you. O St. Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work. We entrust our families to you. Holy Family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. May we be completely united in a love that is lasting faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue, to forgive one another from our hearts, and to live in peace all our days. Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work, and generous towards those in need. May our home, a holy family, truly become a domestic church where we reflect your example in our daily life. Amen. And our prayer to St. Michael and the beautiful ancient prayer to Our Lady. 
Holy Father asks us to pray these prayers every day to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And so we've been doing that for over two years now, two and a half years probably. And uh, we're also adding to that intention to protect our country from the attacks of the devil and also to protect our families from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my friends, as always, thanking you for praying together. And don't forget this coming Monday already, the first Monday of a new month, the first Monday of March. March 1st is Monday. Can you believe how fast this time is going? For me, anyway. I don't know about you, but I, I look back and I think, well, wait, wait a minute. Where, where did January and February go? That's okay, though. All the snow is melting quickly, and we're happy about that. And uh, this coming... This coming Monday is March 1st already. That means first Monday in March. And our good friend, Bruce DeBacco, will be here with his program, Come to the Throne. And we're going to throw open the Domestic Church Media Prayer Tent and invite you to come on in with your prayer requests, prayer intentions, special needs, and pray live with Bruce over the air at 3 o'clock this coming Monday, please. I know, you know, it's great you guys text and you email, you send us those requests, and it's beautiful, and Bruce enjoys and loves praying for you. But I know he really, really appreciates that one-on-one -on -one live conversation and praying together when you call in. Don't be afraid to do that. Don't be shy. You don't even have to give your name if you don't want to. But it's, I know it's for, for Bruce, it's a, it's a wonderful connection uh, over the air uh, so pray about that as well. We all have a lot of special intentions that we have to pray for, right? And we've promised people our prayers. We know there are special situations. My goodness, the world needs so much prayer today. Uh, so that's this coming Monday, live at 3 o'clock. Come to the throne with Bruce Tobacco. And uh, first Monday already, March 1st, and Bruce will be here. So uh, do join us for that wonderful, wonderful program. Uh, I mentioned to you earlier, I had my little sticky note. I'm glad I put it here so I didn't forget. Uh, as I said, 10 years ago, in May of 2011, we launched uh, 89.3 FM, our, our second station here in New Jersey, our major FM station. Uh, at the time um, we launched it, it was, I'm trying to think what it was. It was like maybe 3,500 watts or something. Um, and since then, a few years ago, we were able to increase that power to close to uh, uh, 15,000 watts, which is a very powerful FM station and reaches so many people. So we're celebrating the 10th anniversary of the launching of that station. 
But also, we're celebrating the 10th anniversary of the dedication of this building in which I sit and where all of our main facility is uh, as the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization. Now, uh, those of you who are regular listeners to this program, to the station, you know that our first two stations, having the call letters WFJS, 1260 AM and 89.3 FM, uh, those call letters were chosen and, by God's grace, were not taken by anybody else around the country, uh, WFJS. FJS, of course, are the, are the initials of Venerable Fulton J. Sheen. And so he has been our spiritual patron, has been for many, many years, uh, almost 20 years. It was 2002, uh, I believe Christmas of 2002, when our dear friend of happy memory, Father Andrew Apostoli sent Cheryl and me a Christmas greeting, uh, as he did every year. We've known, we had known Father for many years. He was a dear friend of this apostolate. Uh, and even before it was an official apostolate, he was a dear friend of ours and uh, encouraged us to continue the journey uh, into apostolate that has since become domestic church media. But Father had sent Cheryl and me a Christmas card. And in the card was a prayer card praying for the beatification and eventual canonization of Archbishop Sheen and also prayer for his intercession. And, of course, I knew of Archbishop Sheen, but I I didn't know that his cause for canonization had been opened. Father Andrew uh, was the vice postulator. And so that began a relationship, a spiritual relationship anyway, with Archbishop Sheen and me and uh, began invoking his intercession for our work here. And uh, that was 2002, and it wasn't long after that that I found myself uh, out of work. (laughs) I was in transition, Um, having had worked in another Catholic radio apostolate, transitioning into where the Lord wanted me to go, which is right here. Um, But I spent a lot of time in adoration, and... uh, I remember one day, and I have all this written down. I used to take my notebook into adoration with me this one particular year, which uh, I spent a lot of time. Sometimes three times a day I would go back to adoration, (laughs) morning, noon, and night, and spend it with the Lord. And I'd bring my notebook, and I would just write down what I was feeling, what I was thinking, what what I believed the Lord was saying to me for my own personal use, private. You know, it's nothing that... uh, uh, had anything to do with any anybody else or the world, but me personally and the work we're doing. And I remember one time I was in adoration, and uh, as would happen sometimes, not often, but would happen sometimes, I would I would doze off a little bit, <laughs> find myself my head rocking down and my eyes closing. And uh, this one particular time it was December; it was Advent. And I remember it was a rainy, misty, cold December day, and so it was was very dreary. It was kind of a nappy day anyway. And I was in the chapel by myself with the Lord, and I found myself nodding off. And I, you want to call it a dream, I guess, uh, but I felt the Archbishop Venerable Sheen, and I felt his presence there. And I felt him put his hand on my head. And then I, in a, in a special way, I, 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 I felt nothing audible, but interiorly 
the Lord speak to my heart. Because in those days, I was praying for a radio station. I was praying that Domestic Church Media could one day operate a Catholic radio station. That's all we were out for. Just let us operate a radio station in New Jersey and Pennsylvania and feed the people with the good truth of our Lord. But I felt the Lord place on my heart and a vision of a station and as a almost a confirmation that we were obviously doing his will and that we had nothing to worry about that it was going to happen but just in his good time and i had in my again what i was seeing and i whether i was asleep or i don't know but it was father andrew holding the, the monstrance our lord walking into a a building uh, Cheryl and I were there with him and others following him, entering into the building, walking down this hallway. And at the end of the hallway, there was a statue of the Holy Family. And uh, went down, a, made a turn, went down another hallway and, and entered into a chapel. And that was 2004. Um. And I felt the Lord say to me, when you get your radio station, it's not just to be a radio station, it's to be a center for media evangelization, not limited to radio. Much more than that. This was 2004. The internet was in place. There was streaming audio, I guess, at the time, maybe, uh, but not all the other platforms that we have available to us today. But I felt the Lord speak to me and say, and it is to be called the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization. And I wrote all that down when I woke up, whatever it was I came out of. I still have the—I remember I used to go home because my, my handwriting was so bad. I would go home from my visit to the chapel, to the monstrance, and I'd go home and I'd look at my— chicken scratch in my notebook and I would type it out so I wouldn't <laughs> I'd be able to to read it later on I still have both the notebook and of course all the, the typewritten notes so that was 2004 well seven years later we dedicated this building to Archbishop Sheen that's the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization there's a plaque on the on the building right by the front door when you walk in. When you walk in, you go down a hallway, and of course now we have a statue of Our Lady of Fatima there, but we used to have this beautiful, if you're watching uh, the video, you can see the statue of the Holy Family here. Um, we used to have that statue out in the hallway, and it's a statue that uh, I remember I bought many years ago at the uh, National Shrine of Our Lady of Chinstahova up in Doylestown. And of course, Right here across the hallway, we have a chapel with the tabernacle. So this obviously has a, a lot of special meaning to us. This year is a special year as the 10th anniversary of the dedication of this building as a center for media evangelization. And I got to tell you, my brothers and sisters, you know, we've been doing radio here since 2008. Of course, a few years ago, we started with the YouTube channel and the Facebook when the, when the video capabilities became available. Um... And there's more to come. I can tell you that. There is more to come. Uh, thanks be to God. 
uh, because there are so many millions of more people that need to be reached. And, uh, you know, I've been doing this a long time. This is my, well, into my 26th year now of Catholic radio. But as far as domestic church media goes, the apostolate, which we established in 2003, coming up, you know, to the 20th anniversary of uh, domestic church media, um, I reached retirement age in December, but, you know, God willing, I'm not retiring at all. I have no intention of doing that for as long as the Lord wants me to be here, wants me to keep in leading the way, I suppose, in that sense, and as main steward over all this. But there's so much more to do. There's so much more to do. When, when you look at the world today, and you know, I was reading a, a, a uh, teaching by St. Pope John Paul II today, and I'm going to try to find it. I had it in front of me earlier. Um, let's see if I can get to it real quick. I had it here. Where'd it go? Disappeared. No, there it is. Um, this was from St. Well, John Paul II from August of 1986. 1986. So that's... 35 years ago, on the devil. You know, I, we talked about it the other day. We have to understand and accept the fact that the devil is very real. He's not a figment of someone's imagination. He's not some, you know, fictitious character in literature to scare people. This is the way John Paul began this uh this um, writing, I don't know whether it was a, it was commented, it was, it was a, you know, so it was a, a speech somewhere he gave. Satan wishes to destroy life lived in accordance with the truth. Life in the fullness of good, the supernatural life of grace and love. As a result of the sin of our first parents, this fallen angel has acquired dominion over man to a certain extent. This is the doctrine that has been constantly professed and proclaimed by the Church and which the Council of Trent confirmed in its treatise on original sin. In sacred scripture, we find various indications of this influence on man and on the dispositions of his spirit and of his body in the Bible. Satan is called the prince of this world and even from 2 Corinthians, the God with lowercase g, the God of this world. John Paul said, according to sacred scripture, and especially in the New Testament, the dominion and the influence of Satan and of other evil spirits embraces all the world. The action of Satan consists primarily in tempting men to evil by influencing their imaginations and higher faculties to turn them away from the law of God. It is possible that in certain cases, the evil spirit goes so far as to exercise his influence not only on material things, but even on man's body so that one can speak of diabolical possession. It is not always easy to discern the uh, preternatural factor operative in these cases, And the church does not lightly support the tendency to attribute many things to the direct action of the devil. But, in principle, it cannot be denied that Satan can go to this extreme manifestation of his superiority in his will 
to harm and to lead evil. To conclude, we must add that the impressive words of the Apostle John, the whole world lies under the power of the evil one. Allude also to the presence of Satan in the history of humanity, a presence which becomes all the more acute when man and society depart from God. And, you know, we, we have to just open our eyes to the world today. And in many ways, I think we have become... Uh, lulled to a sense of acceptance. And I don't say that in a, in a way that we're accepting evil or accepting the devil, but almost to the point of saying, well, what can I do? What, what type of control do I have when we see legislation that you know, promotes and supports and legalizes um, abortion and, and euthanasia and uh, re tries to redefine marriage and, 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 and this whole transgender, gender identity lie that's out there. And so many of our young people have uh, fallen into a, just a, an open acceptance of this because that's the culture, that's the way it is. They've been duped. Our responsibility here at Domestic Church Media has always been and will always be to proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ in whatever way we can. And, and again, starting with radio, now using all these other media platforms, and soon, my friends, even a, a, a grander um, exposure that we will uh, be able to present uh, through the media. Uh, media. And, and, and it's so important these days and, you know, for good people like you who tune in and listen, you, you who are, you know, again, I'm singing to the choir, but I, I, I pray and I, I hope that it, what we do here, not just this program, but any program you listen to on these stations, builds up your sense of, of knowledge, your, your sense of, of, of uh, being able to feel comfortable in what you know and how to present it and how to defeat the evil that's out there. You know, yesterday when we were sharing with you from the uh, uh, Lumen Gentium on the laity, from the dogmatic constitution on the church, where the Council Fathers said that we are called in our uh, 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 everyday life and how we live and the witness we give to bring Christ to as many people as possible. We have that ability here. I, you know, I, I, I tell you, I, I, yesterday I think I, I shared with you. I received a, a lovely little donation in the mail with a. It was anonymous and it was handwritten note saying, you know, thank you for all you do. Your station is responsible for bringing me back to the church many years ago. Well, that again, we don't take credit for that. The Lord works through us. But if people began to truly live as Catholics should live, this would be, this would be a much, much different world, a much better world. Because, as, you know, as uh, Father Ricardo says, Christ is the answer. There's no other answer to anything the world has to offer but Jesus Christ. And all that, all that he offers, all that he brings. And our responsibility here, my brothers and sisters, as a Catholic apostolate, media apostolate, is to use every means possible you know, we've taken some steps out of the boat. I mean, it was a big step out of the boat to get this whole thing started in the first place, but that's okay. My spiritual director told me 
many, many years ago, Jim, you got to get out of the boat. I had to get out of the boat of the security of my corporate job and all that it was bringing, you know, the worldly security. But I was going to mean, you know, in the long run, in the realm of eternity. But, you know, the, my, my dear father, Doherty, God rest his soul. You know, he passed away many, many years ago. But he said, get out of the boat, Jim. Just start walking. The Lord will see you through. And here we are so many years later with even more opportunity uh, on the horizon to do what we've been called to do. Like the, You know, we have to th- get back and think like the early church. That's, that's been my battle cry for many years now. We have to begin to act and think like the first century church. Not the 21st century church. There's too much bureaucracy and politics and, and all kinds of stuff that gets in the middle of, of what we should be doing. We have to begin to operate as the first century church, becoming docile to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and forgetting about what the world is telling us and operate according to what the Spirit is telling us in all truth and goodness. And we as laity here at Domestic Church Media, as a Catholic lay apostolate, we understand our mission. And I look forward, my brothers and sisters, for as long as the Lord will allow me to be here and do this with you, that there's so much more to accomplish. We have a whole, a ripe mission field, especially of young millennials out there and younger who are lost. And maybe not even through any fault of their own, just through a fault of the culture. They've been duped. They've been lied to. They've been lured into, into a, a false sense of, of worldly security without thinking about what's beyond this world. And you and I, baby boomers and older, we're starting to see the, the, the sign at the end of the exit ramp here. So we know we don't have much time left. We're still called to mission. And I'm thanking you for being a part of it. Let me take a break. When I come back, it is Catechism Day today, and we're going to go back to where we left off, I guess, last week on prayer, prayer of meditation. Stay where you are. There's more to come. Don't go away. Paul II stated that, for the disciple of Christ, evangelization is a duty, an obligation of love. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church states that evangelization is necessary for salvation. So we know we're called, but how do we do it? St. Paul Street Evangelization can help. To learn more, contact us at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. Bishop Robert Barron on the priesthood. I'm kind of a teacher by nature. I always have been. I've always loved books and ideas and life of the mind and speaking and all that. So 
I've brought that into the priesthood. You know, a very wise thing was said a long time ago, namely that if God chose you to be a priest, he chose you to be a priest, meaning he chose you with your particular gifts and what you're going to bring. So you don't leave that behind. On the contrary, God chose me with these particular gifts. So I've always discerned that teaching and writing and and, uh, preaching and proclaiming would be a key part of it. And it has been. I found great joy in that. I've always found joy in the uh, pastoral work. You know, I did it when I was newly ordained. I was in a parish for four years. And whenever I would go to a hospital, I'd go to a nursing home, go into the school, counsel, engage couples. I mean, I always found great joy in that, even though it's challenging. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. In the history of the world, only one tomb has ever had a rock roll before it and a soldier set to guard it to prevent a dead man from rising. And that was the tomb of Christ on the evening of the Friday called good. What spectacle could be more ridiculous than armed soldiers keeping their eyes on a corpse? But sentinels were set, lest the dead walk, the silent speak, and the pierced heart quickened to the throb of life. They said he was dead. They knew he was dead. They said he would never rise again. And yet they watched. They remembered that he called his body the temple, and that in three days after they had destroyed it, he would rebuild it. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. For the Jews of old, the temple was the holiest place in the universe, and the spiritual center of the temple was the Holy of Holies. It was blocked off by a thick curtain, and only the high priest could enter to offer sacrifice to God. He had to have a rope tied around his ankle in case he died in there so he could be dragged out because no one else was ever allowed in. I lead a pilgrimage to the Holy Land every year, and to this day, you can see Jewish people from around the world come to the Wailing Wall, the closest place to where the Holy of Holies was, just to touch that wall. When Jesus died, the curtain separating the Holy of Holies was torn in two, not from bottom to top, which man could have done, but in an act of God from top to bottom. Why? Because in the New Covenant, God's dwelling place is you. You are the holiest place in the universe. Do you live like it? This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com on EWTN Radio. From Titusville to Tom's River. Bluebell to Barnegat. Rumson to Roebling. Washington Crossing to West Long Branch. Farmingdale to Flemington. Spring Lake to Stockton. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Well, welcome back, my friends, on this February 25th. Is it the 25th? I think it's the 25th of 2021. Just 10 months till Christmas. <laughs> It'll be here before you know it. And I, 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 took, I took my Christmas lights down. But, uh, you know, sometimes you, because of weather, you don't get them down right away. Maybe they're still up. There comes a point in the year where if they're still up, you say, ah, <laughs> just leave them. But mine are down. But before you know it, we'll be putting them back up again. Let's, and let's hope this year, my goodness, 
is better than last Christmas with all this pandemic stuff. Hopefully it's going away. I mean, some of the statistics you hear, you know, seem promising. There's been a 70, I think it's what, 70% decrease in numbers of cases since January and uh, between the vaccinations and those of us who had it and are immune and adding to, as they say, to the herd immunity. Um, but I read somewhere the other day they're saying close to 50 million people have been exposed to this virus and didn't even know it. So maybe that's why all these numbers are going down. The vaccine is kind of just picking up the tail end of what was what already had begun by those of us who had it and are immune to it. The studies I'm reading, because, you know, Cheryl and I had it back in, in uh, mid-November without even knowing it. And, uh, but we do have the antibodies, so we are immune. And uh, the studies we read is that, you know, we're immune for at least another six to eight months um, or six to eight months from exposure. So that gives us a little more time here. And uh, some people even say beyond that. And there's these T cells and B cells. You know, I'm not a science guy, but I'm reading about the T cells that if they spot a virus in your system, they can either defeat them themselves or they tell your B cells to start producing more antibodies. So even if the antibodies go down, some people say, you know, three, four months later, the antibodies start to decrease. But the B cells they're seeing are increasing, which is even better because the, when the T cells tell the B cells to make antibodies, ba-boom, it's all science. But anyway, hopefully it'll be out of here. I read an article also last, over the weekend where one doctor from Johns Hopkins said that he believed that the whole thing would be out of here and we'd be back to normal by April. Boy, wouldn't that be nice? That'd be a nice Easter where other doctors are saying maybe not April, but maybe by June or July. So... Let's just keep praying this thing out of here. We're just gonna, and we're going to talk about prayer in a minute. But my goodness, you know, we just—I think we've all—we've all had it up to here. As if you're not watching, I'm putting my hand under my chin up to here, and hopefully uh, things will get better and back to normal. Uh, don't forget, you know, we have this bulletin board on our website, and I see there are a lot of virtual events being posted now. It is Lent. And, uh, you know, there's uh, in normal Lents when we didn't have a pandemic, there are always a lot of activity, mission, parish missions and, uh, you know, penance services and other things you can go and attend. And I think that, I mean, the virtual things are okay, but I think there's a, a great spirit when people come physically together in a, in a church or a hall or someplace and there's just a... a uh, a true spirit that you don't get when you're watching things virtually in your living room. But um, for now, they suffice. So they are posted, and you are invited to take a look. Go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and click on the bulletin board link and see all the things that are happening and uh, take advantage of them. So there are some actually in-person live things. I think St. Rose in Belmar uh, has a few things. And by the way, St. Rose in Belmar, thank you so very much for your recent donation and out of the blue, got a nice little donation from the parish, which is great. We appreciate that. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's go to the catechism. And I'll go to the right page here. We were talking, uh, started last week, uh, teaching from the catechism, which I do every Thursday, on prayer. And this section of the catechism talks about the prayer of meditation. In paragraph 2705, meditation is above all a quest the mind seeks to understand the why and how of Christian life in order to 
adhere and respond to what the Lord is asking. The required attentiveness is difficult to sustain. We are usually helped by books, and Christians do not want for them. The sacred scriptures, particularly in the Gospels, holy icons, liturgical text of the day or season, writings of the spiritual fathers, works of spirituality, the great books of creation, and that of history, uh, the page on which the today of God is written. Uh, I have a stack of books in my little place at my home. I have a nice little reclining uh, uh, couch where I sit and put my feet up. I'm just going to push the button and your feet go up. And uh, I have a nice stack of books there at the table next to me. And I really have been trying this Lent to doing less time, you know, watching cable news and that kind of stuff and spending more time in the quiet of reading. I always, always, one of the great, I tell you what, if you want to really, really find something that's going to help your meditation in your prayer, and I've mentioned it many times, and I know others, I know Johnette Benkovic Williams has mentioned it and others, In Conversation with God is the name of the book series. In Conversation with God. Not Conversation with God, In Conversation with God. There is a difference, because there's a series out there called Conversation with God, which is not Catholic. But In Conversation with God. It's written by a Father uh, Francis Fernandez, who is an Opus Dei priest. I'm not quite sure. I think it was written—I'm not quite sure of the year. I won't even try to quote it. Um, but I tell you, this series, a series of about six books, and they're not little one or two sentence or paragraph reflections. It's a few pages each day on the readings of the day and reflection and meditation on the daily readings. But you read these passages, and I know many of you probably do have this series and do read it and study it. Uh, these meditations are, you can tell right away, they are divinely inspired. They're not overly theological. They're on a level that really is the everyday Catholic can understand it and identify with it. There's wonderful scriptural quotes, quotes from Council Fathers, quotes from saints, I mean, all kinds of of, uh, references. But it adds a great uh, dimension to my personal daily meditation. I have I have two sets. I have one set at home and one set here in the chapel, so I don't forget. I try to and and uh, I tell you what I think. And I I've been reading it for many many years. I mentioned to you earlier when I was in 2004 when I would go to adoration that one uh, Advent and Christmas season, uh, sometimes two three times a day. I brought in conversation with God with me and would read it there in front of the the monstrance, and I read it here in front of the tabernacle sometimes. Uh, Very, very powerful. So I would certainly advise that. But any other, you know, um, the Catechism says, uh, you know, sacred scriptures, of course, the Gospels, um, liturgical texts of the day or season, writings of the spiritual fathers. I got a couple years ago, before I went on our winter vacation uh, to the desert, I got uh, the uh, series of writings from the Desert Fathers. I thought, I'm going into the desert. I'll bring writings from the Desert Fathers with me. Um, great stuff. So you can always find something, you know. Uh, Father Groeschel has many, many wonderful books out there that are, again, on, on a level that are easily understood, easy to read, um, short in the sense that they're not big, thick volumes of books, 
Um, so that's what the catechism is saying. There's, there's these ways to help us understand and to meditate. The catechism goes on to say in 2607, to meditate on what we read helps us to make it our own by confronting it with ourselves. Here, another book is opened, the book of life. We pass from thoughts to reality. To the extent that we are humble and faithful, we discover in meditation the movements that stir the heart and we are able to discern them. It is a question of acting truthfully in order to come into the light. Lord, what do you want me to do? And, you know, that takes uh, a, a lot of effort in the sense that we have to create that environment that is conducive to meditation. You know, you find that place in your home, make it your little prayer corner, but make it a holy place in the sense that you, you, you put away and do away with all the distractions that might occur. Turn the television off. Yes, even turn the radio off. And create that conducive environment of communing, communicating with the Lord God, just you and God. Start with informal prayer. If you need the formal prayers, use the formal prayers. That's what they're there for, to help us pray. And I, I remember, I think I've shared with you recently, but I, I still it's a, an image I have in my mind when my dad was uh, just before he passed away. And he, he, he just died of old age. He was 92 years old. He died of dementia. He was, and then his last few months he was in, in the nursing home. And, and uh, there were a few times there where we thought he was on his way out. <laughs> and so we'd go to his hospital bed and surround his hospital bed and begin to pray the rosary or something. And, you know, he was, he was, he was um, asleep or not conscious, but, but we were praying the Hail Mary. And you could see his lips moving, praying along with us. He, it was just by rote he was praying. So it's great to pray the formal prayers. They'll always be there when you need them, right? But then there's also those wonderful ways of communicating with God where you just pour your heart out to him. You speak to him, you know, and you say, Lord, what do you want me to do? How many of you who are listening or watching right now are questioning, Lord, I'm living a life that I'm trying to be a good person, a good Catholic a good father, a good mother, a good son, a good daughter, a good grandparent, whatever state of life you're in, husband, wife. Is this enough? Do you want me to do more? What more do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? But create that environment so that we, when we meditate and we pray, our hearts are open to hear the voice of God. You know, I mentioned to you earlier when I was in adoration, I didn't hear anything audible but I was just writing down what I felt the Lord was speaking to me. But it was a way of meditating on his presence, my existence, and what he would have me do. Paragraph 2707 says, There are many and varied methods of meditation, as there are spiritual masters. Christians owe it to themselves to develop the desire to meditate regularly, lest they come to resemble the three first kinds of soil in the parable of the sower. But a method is only a guide. The important thing is to advance with the Holy Spirit along the one way of prayer, Jesus Christ. 
So here the Catechism tells us that we need to do this, uh, meditate regularly. And the method is only a guide, they tell us and advise us. The important thing is to advance with the Holy Spirit along the way to Jesus. Meditation engages thought, imagination, and emotion and desire. The mobilization of faculties is necessary in order to deepen our convictions of faith, prompt the uh, conversion of our heart, and strengthen our will to follow Christ. Christian prayer tries above all to meditate on the mysteries of Christ, as in Lectio Divina or the Rosary. This form of prayer reflection is of great value, but Christian prayer should go further to the knowledge of the love of the Lord Jesus to union with him. I know many of you probably do um, the Lectio Divina. There's a process there. Uh, or when you pray the rosary, you know, again, people who don't understand the rosary, most, or if not all, non-Catholics and even some Catholics, it's not just a recitation of, prayer, of, of, of the prayers on the beads. We have the mysteries of the rosary. We're to meditate on those mysteries while we're praying because we're really praying through the life of Jesus. And when Holy Father Pope John Paul II gave us back in 2002 the luminous mysteries, the mysteries of light that were never officially part of the rosary, you know, we went right from the uh, the sorrowful to the to the uh, rather from the the joyful to the sorrowful, but we missed that life of Jesus, his public ministry, in the meditation, and that's what the rosary is—a meditation of the gospel, the life of Jesus. So the Holy Father gave us those uh, mysteries to meditate on between the joyful and the sorrowful mysteries, although we do it on Thursdays, so it's between the. Yeah, between the joyful and the sorrowful. But we only do it once because there's only an odd number of days in the week. So there's only one place for the Luminous Mysteries, which is on Thursday. But praying of the rosary shouldn't just be a, a rote recitation of the prayer, but rather a true meditation on each mystery. On the mystery of, of Christ. On the mystery of his life. And then, as the Catechism says, to go further than that to the knowledge of the love of the Lord Jesus, to union with him. Sometimes we find it difficult to relate to Jesus, don't we? We don't see him. He's not present with us. We can't physically embrace him. We don't audibly hear his voice. Of course, we, we read his words. He speaks to us through his living word in the gospel. Those are his words, and he speaks to us, and has been speaking to uh, generations of brothers and sisters for 2,000 years that way. But he also speaks to us in our heart through our communicating with him, our prayer, our meditation, our petition, our contemplation. In the, in the, you know, how many times have you heard you know, a particular gospel passage you know, we, we go to mass regularly. I think they said if you go to go to mass regularly on on weekends uh, and on weekdays, you know, regularly, that in three years you will have heard ninety percent of the of the Bible. 
in our litur- in our, our liturgy. It's a lot, but you don't really hear it if you don't listen carefully to it and enter into it. You know, when when the lector begins to read the first reading, or the priest or the deacon begins to read the gospel, and and we're not really entering into it, it just kind of sh- shoots right over our head. We miss it. That's Jesus speaking to us, God speaking to us, God's word. And I was listening to uh, Father Ricardo, speaking of Father Ricardo, the other day, uh, talking about the Mass. And he was making very many good suggestions about before you even go to Mass. Make sure, you know, read the readings. And discuss them with your spouse or your family. Prepare for Mass that way. To really enter into the liturgy and enter into God's Word which will help us in our meditation on understanding or the knowledge of Jesus himself. You know, that's, I think that's part of where our young people are missing it. You know, when they stop going to Mass, well, I get nothing out of Mass. And Father Ricardo's response to that was, what have you put into it? It's not just a matter of going and, and being there, physically being there. Yep, I fulfilled my obligation. Of course, now they're... Sadly, is no obligation right now. There is a uh, you know, dispensation because of the pandemic, and we hope that when this whole thing is over and the dispensation is uh, removed, <laughs> that people understand you have to go. Not because we just want you there physically, but for your spiritual health and your eternal life. We go to Holy Mass and we are there at a representation of the one for all sacrifice at Calvary. What greater meditation could there be than understanding that's where we are? That we are at a representation of the one sacrifice at Calvary. We're there at Calvary with the Lord. And if we're looking around or looking at our watch or mm-hmm, picking up our phone and reading emails or texts during Mass or during the homily or during the readings, what's the point of you being there? Enter into it. You know, you're not always going to have the perfect lector reading, and you're not always going to have the perfect music ministry playing or singing or leading song or the perfect cantor, maybe a little distracting at times, but... That's, you know, that, that, that's not the important thing is understand God's Word. You know, we have on our app, I say pick up your phone, but we have on our mobile app the daily readings. You know, I know I, I have to do this when, because there are, no, there are no hymnals or missalettes in the book anymore. And if you go to a Mass where they're actually singing the psalm, and sometimes the psalm verse is a little longer to try to mem- remember it, so I'd pick up my domestic church media app, and I pull up the day's readings, and I can read along and sing along with the psalm. It's all in there. You know, to again, to, to enter into it, what, what, am I, what am I singing? What am I here for? What am I listening to? What is the Lord saying to me? There's so many different things uh, in the course of just Mass, but then even beyond Mass, in our own personal prayer, take the time, as I said earlier, make a, make a little prayer space for your, you in your home. 
wherever you know you're comfortable in prayer. I always say, you know, I I, I would think about you know people listening to the radio. Most people listen to the radio in their car, don't they? And I always say that the the individual who listens to the to Catholic radio in their car, their car becomes like a little sanctuary. They close the windows. You don't hear the outside noise. And if if they're listening to this program, any program, they're hearing spiritual talk. If they're listening to the to the mass or praying the rosary, that's their own little sanctuary there, inside their car, which is beautiful. I think about the millions of cars that drive through our listening areas in this. Uh, listening in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, millions upon millions of cars. I think I and and uh, you know we are on we're, we're heard um, on a stretch of the turnpike, just as, as one example of one highway between exits eight A and five. I think we we estimated we read uh, every day. There's like thirty million cars going between those two uh, exits. I mean, 30 million cars could be praying the rosary every morning at 930, you know. But make the time to give yourself that space to be with the Lord, to meditate and to come into full knowledge of Christ and to allow the Holy Spirit to guide you to him in that way of prayer. That's what the meditation should do for you. Find some holy spiritual readings and other things to bring with you, but take that time to do that. That's meditation and prayer. Okay, my time is up, so I'm going to have to head on out of here. I'll be back tomorrow with Cheryl at 4 o'clock for Friday Live. So I hope you will join us then. Enjoy the rest of this beautiful February 25th, a lovely day outside. The sun is shining, the snow is melting, and spring is just around the corner. Thanks for being with me today. My name is Jim Manfredonia. God bless you, and God love you.